Welcome to Women and Manufacturing, where accomplished women interview accomplished women, with your host, Barbara Troutline. Welcome. I'm Dr. Barbara Troutline, Principal and Chief Catalyst at Change Catalyst, home of the CQ System for Developing Change Intelligent Leaders and Organizations. I'm thrilled to be a host for Women in Manufacturing, alongside my six amazing co-hosts. The conversation we are having with exceptional women in STEM fields is mission critical to organizations ensuring that all voices are heard and able to contribute in this time of massive destruction across industries and around the world. And of course, it's of vital importance to women and girls and men and boys too to achieve success at life and work. Please do continue to engage in this conversation by following us on Twitter at, at Women and MFG and online at womenandmfg.com. Our conversation today will focus on the image of manufacturing, industry challenges, and the impact on, of digital media on all these fronts, and of course, how this relates to women in manufacturing. I'm honored today to be joined by Charlie Matthews. Charlie is the founder and president of Empowering Brands, a digital media company with a mission to connect, inform, and educate the pump system community through their leading online information and connection hubs. With a passion for empowering connections, Charlie is a well-recognized, highly respected, and very active participant at many key industry events and trade associations, spending her time bringing social media into the forefront for many of the primary process industry equipment manufacturers, engineers, and safety reliability engineers. As the chair of the Marketing and PR Committee for the Fluid Sealing Association, Charlie is, was recently recognized with their Award of Merit for her work in helping raise awareness of the association and its mission. Charlie also prides herself on being a strong media partner for the Hydraulic Institute where she is actively working to encourage more women and young professionals to enter the industry. In her spare time, Charlie continues her advocacy work for women engineers in industry through speaking engagements and active participation in the many groups set up to support this growing community. Charlie also enjoys educating her peers on sales and social media tips, and more than anything, spending time with her three very active children. Welcome, Charlie. Thank you, Barbara. Such a great introduction. Yeah, we're thrilled to have you here. Um, uh, we share some things in common. I have two very active teenagers, so, um, uh, but you yes, have uh, uh, one more than we're me. Busy. <laughs> yeah, we're so very we're busy. Yeah, so we're very, very busy. So thank you for everything that you do f with your advocacy work and, you know, for women and young professionals and in general in manufacturing. And, and um, you know, you definitely have a unique perspective on the issues that we're here to talk about. Um, I was wondering if you, there's anything else you wanted to share beyond what I already talked about in your bio that would be useful for our audience to know about you. Well, I think one aspect of, uh, is that I am actually living this, right? I'm a woman in, in this field that's surrounded by a you know, male-dominated uh, industry, and we do need our peers and our role models uh, to be women in that setting. Um, I do have many men role models, but it comes, it's a little bit different uh, coming from a woman, um, someone to look up to and share, you know, maybe uh, even me and you shared about our kids already, right? So um, just that different perspective um, and appreciation for 
uh, both men and women in our industry, but also recognizing that there is a difference. Um, for me, uh, I graduated and went straight into uh, the workforce, not knowing that a lot of these opportunities were out there, especially in manufacturing. Uh, that probably in itself, uh, if I'd known those things were out there, um, I would, look, would have looked at it a little differently. Absolutely. Well, since you started off talking about having mentors, both men and women, um, I was wondering if you have any stories that you'd like to share in terms of some, you know, pivotal career advice or um, that you may have received from, uh, you know, your men and women uh, mentors throughout your career. Well, I'll start with the, you brought up the Fluid Ceiling Association. I had a very strong mentor there that basically pushed me outside of my comfort zone um, to stand up and present um, and also, you know, uh, use that to, um, I guess, accomplish your mission. So I think we all know that if you face your fears and, um, you know, get a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit nervous, that you can achieve um, what you're looking towards. Uh, but it's not always easy and comfortable. So I think that little nudge uh, from your mentor to step out and, you know, go for what you want, even if you're nervous at first. Um, you do have to surround yourself with um, educated people that can help you get there. So I always say connecting for purpose. One of my favorite things, um, you know, as a mom, you, you connect a lot because of what your children are doing. But in business, I feel like you make those connections for purpose uh, of growing our companies and helping others. I love that, connect for purpose. That's that's a fabulous expression. Um, uh, connecting for purpose, connecting on purpose, uh, you know, very uh, you know, powerful message. How, what did you, what was your experience? Because part of obviously what we're talking about is enabling women and girls to have their voice heard in, you know, manufacturing and STEM fields. And, and what was that like for you? What was some of the things that when you um, got that message from your early mentor to get out and speak, <laughs> you know, share your, share your leadership, your thought leadership, be an inspiration for others and a role model. Um, can you tell us a little more about uh, what the initial opportunities were and what you did to set yourself up for that? Because I think another thing is that sometimes we think that, we have to wait until we get a certain position or a certain tenure um, to, to get out there and speak like you have and emerge as a leader. Um, and sometimes I think that it's really the, um, uh, what we see from women who are uh, closest to us, most like us, um, uh, you know, similar ages to us, similar kind of backgrounds and where we are now that can actually have the biggest impact. So, so what was that like for you You're getting right. your start as a speaker? You're right. And I, um, I, I guess started in sales, so I used to say I just know enough to be dangerous on a topic. Uh, so having that knowledge of, of, of something that um, allows you to get started, uh, that was pretty easy for me because I didn't have to have the whole story. I just needed a little, a little nudge, a little push, and, and have the confidence. But one of the things that I always um, say is um, – just because someone's older than you and has more experience in an area does not mean that they're smarter in that particular topic. So in my case, I was kind of this new uh, expert, if you will, in social media. And everyone else in the room maybe was older or more experienced in manufacturing, engineering, pumps, valves, et cetera. But I was kind of the expert on that topic. And so you have to look past that gap uh, of that knowledge um, that you feel, okay, they're just way smarter than me. There's no way I could be teaching these people anything. 
and really dive in to say, what is your value? What are you saying uh, to this group that they don't understand? And uh, really own that part, and it allows you to speak within, you know, a, a, I guess a, a more powerful message. Yeah, that's wonderful. I I totally resonate with the fact that we're all smart in different ways, right? And uh, that's Absolutely. one of my key messages in when I work with people and organizations develop their change intelligence, their ability to effectively lead change in their lives and work, that there's many different types of intelligences and there's many different ways to be smart. Um, and I think also what you're bringing up is the real importance of reverse mentoring. And there's so much that, you know, you, especially in the digital realm, can help mentor um, you know, people are perhaps much more senior than you and smart in a lot of different ways, but just haven't been exposed to some of the same technologies that you might have. And absolutely, um, absolutely. I know that, um, you know, I'm being a mentor and also being a mentee at the very same time. And when it's a win-win like that, both people grow and, and a lot of things happen in the industry. I can't, I can never say that I set out to be a mentor or um, even signed up to be a mentee, um, but you now recognize that that's what was happening um, time and time again, right, from a young age to now. Um, this person came into your life for a purpose um, that you have to make sure that you realize what that is. I think I see it all the time now with my focus on connect in my business. I'm constantly, how does that person connect, you know, to, to this greater mission of what we're trying to accomplish, uh, which in manufacturing, um, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I'm just blown away by all these people's jobs that I don't get to see on a, on a like in-person day-to-day uh, activities that are just amazing. Uh, but going back to that, um, you have to have passion for what you do. So in order to stand up and speak about something, it has to really be something you care about. And that makes it easy. I mean, you can be an expert on uh, what you're passionate about. So don't try to go too far outside of that scope when you're, when you're presenting um, and just, you know, I guess stay in your core. Yeah, that's awesome too, is that, um, you know, having the passion for what you do and also to your point, uh, taking that big picture perspective about it that, you know, sometimes again, we, um, there's all the, how many different kinds of an enormous variety in, in the manufacturing space and the career paths that we could choose. And so to maintain simultaneously that big picture focus on, um, you know, what's the purpose, what's the overarching goal, as well as how can we specifically contribute, what's our area, what's our gift, um, is, a, is kind of a great dual way to, to think about it. Um, and speaking of uh, all the breath that's, uh, that we encounter in manufacturing, I know that you have some specific thoughts on the changing image of manufacturing or changing the image on manufacturing. So can you tell a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So when I was growing up, uh, you thought of manufacturing as a dirty place to work or it's too hard or, you know, even my, my dad worked in a plant uh, making tires and I, I have that background of manufacturing being late at night with the workers coming out um, and just dirty. And that is just not true anymore. Um, I'm sure that there are places like that, but working for Empowering Pumps and even before, I got to walk through manufacturing plants. Uh, lots of these were pump manufacturers, uh, but with with the Lean Manufacturing Initiative, and they've cleaned up these plants to to really be a great place to work. Lots of different jobs. Um, we'll get into this in, in a minute, but the technology behind manufacturing now is you know just um, it's amazing what they've come up with and making it easy to work there instead of a lot of wear and tear on the body. So I think that 
it's our job to tell that story and to let people know that that dirty image of manufacturing is no longer there and shouldn't be there uh, because we have the tools to make it a great place to work, um, efficient uh, place to work. And, you know, if we focus on those areas, then people will want to work in manufacturing. Yeah, I think that's a great message for the younger generation in general, both men and women, um, to hear because you're absolutely right. I think that is still the uh, uh, very prevalent image of manufacturing. And, and in, in addition to just changing the image of what it's like to work in a, you know, a, a workplace that you know, isn't that traditional image of being dirty and probably hazardous, um, what do you see as some of the maybe the unique benefits of working in manufacturing as opposed to other potential career paths? Well, first off, when you come out of college um, or not going to college um, and you, you're faced with having to work, um, you have to, you're looking for a paycheck, right? You're wanting some income to survive. And manufacturing has great offerings um, that, that create a real paycheck that you're, you know, basically manufacturing offers a great salary opportunity from people straight out of college um, or that just come out of school, you know, ready to work. Right off the bat, it offers you a great salary. Um, depending on what your skills are, what you're passionate about, it allows you to decide. There's so many different areas in manufacturing that you could be a part of, um, even from welding all the way to, um, you know, the computer systems that are there in manufacturing. So it doesn't have to be one skill uh, that you do over and over and over. Um, That's just another kind of uh, myth um, there are some of that redundancy in manufacturing. But there's also a way to change and grow uh, and, and continue to improve your career in all of these different manufacturing opportunities. Right. I agree. That's some of the most exciting things is the, um, you know, again, the ability to, uh, you know, earn a living uh, that's a um, healthy salary and benefits, as you pointed out. Um, it's, it's, there's a lot of variety within manufacturing and within manufacturing organizations. And then also I think the other exciting thing that I've always thought about manufacturing is that you produce something. You actually make something, <laughs> which can be, uh, yes. um, you know, very rewarding at the end of the day to see the, you know, tangible fruits of your labor. I know that that's, uh, that's something that interests and excites a lot of people also. Absolutely. I'm in um, advertising and, and in theory a lot of the times on do you believe this is working um, in our in our job where if you actually produce something and get to hold it, it does make a difference to people. So um, a lot of gratification of I made this or I designed this all the way to the fact that people are using this and they need this in their lives. You know, a lot of the times I say um, pumps are vital to life. That can, that's easily transitioned over to manufacturers or manufacturing is vital to life. Um, it, we couldn't have anything without uh, the guys over there um, manufacturing our goods and services, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So you've already kind of started to go down this path, but what can you t talk to us about in terms of recruiting new talent into the industry? I think part of it is changing the image of the industry and just letting know people, people know what it's like to work in manufacturing and also the wide variety and the impact you can have. Um, what else can you say about what we can do to attract more women, girls, and, and anyone in the younger generation to these fields? Yes, yeah, so I was going to bring that up with the image, changing the image of manufacturing. Um, one thing is to note that there are women already in manufacturing. We just seldom get to see them. Um, so one of the things with recruiting new talent, it's, it's saying, hey, ladies, 
the ones that are already here in manufacturing, please step up and use your voice to recruit others. Try to step outside of that comfort zone. Uh, get your picture out there actively working in the shop if you can uh, to, to let them know that this is a, a field that, that you're in, for one, as a woman, and that you can interact with men. Um, many of the t- pictures you know, would have a man in there as well. Um, but this is a happy environment, right? It's just another opportunity if you like to see how things are work, work and like to create um, products, then this is a great place for you. Um, our job in recruiting new talent is to get that message out there first. Um, then, you know, we have to work with our organizations, our schools. Uh, there's a lot of programs out there uh, that we can tap into and use our voice. Um, I, I think, I guess, with media and that being my role, is that we have to really raise that voice uh, and tell those stories for people like you guys are doing uh, so that, you know, the masses know that this is a career path that is good for them and that will pr- provide for their families. Uh, and at the end of the day, you're going to be happy because you are creating something that's vital to life. Absolutely. And so you've already started to talk about this, but what, especially your unique role at the forefront of digital media and manufacturing, what can you say in terms of the impact on digital manufacturing in terms of the industry in general and also of uh, recruiting diverse talent and, you know, supporting um, women in these fields? So I guess starting off just talking about the impact of digital media on manufacturing in general, and then perhaps we can get into specifics around um, women in the younger generations. Right. So digital media has made it uh, easier for us to see inside these plants, um, easier to talk to the leaders, easier to see what kind of organizations are out there. Um, But also within the actual plant, digital, not necessarily digital media, but the digital technology is going to allow for more and more jobs um, outside of kind of a hands-on, get dirty approach, but more of a computerized uh, knowledge-focused approach. So both both sides of manufacturing offer um, this opportunity to work uh, with digital media uh, and a hands-on approach. So with me and the impact of digital media, my favorite, I guess, aspect of it is that you can connect with anybody in the world. You can see inside these plants. You can educate people on what they need to know digitally. So, for example, uh, if they're having a, a, pr- a problem with their system, then they can read about it online, um, and then they could see who wrote the article and then maybe connect with them and ask them a specific question. There's amazing how many communities are out there for specific people. I, I Googled it um, a couple of weeks ago, um, kind of going through some TED Talks and different things about um, you know, what do you call an engineer versus a mechanic, right? What is What is the... Which one's better? What career should you go for? For what uh, area? And it's amazing to see how many people are proud that they're mechanic and they're out there and they're doing these things uh, that nobody really knows. And so I think digital media sh- gives us an avenue to to look into to look inside of someone's life, and the life of manufacturing is just cool. So that in itself should recruit some talent. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, you know, again, I think you're bringing up the fact that both receiving and, and uh, connecting with mentors live, 
right? Um, uh, kind of in person, face to face, is uh, you know extremely powerful, and also that we can find those kind of uh, mentoring relationships or at least information about what's possible online as well. Um, so I agree Absolutely. that that's uh, you know yeah a wonderful way to you know uh, to connect with people across generations, obviously, but really also speaking the language of the younger generations. Right, you have to have both, right? And um, one of the things that we have to remember is that we're all working on this together. It doesn't matter which age, um, if we're man or woman, we're all in this together and we're working together to build something. And so if we can you know, step back and learn from each other, uh, which I do believe that digital media allows you to do, um, and then the other side of that is that live in-person connection to hands-on touching the equipment and learning by doing, which I'm an advocate for, for sure. Uh, that's how I learn is just let's go try this out and see. Um, I believe we have a, a great opportunity to connect first sometimes digitally and then go that next step of meeting them in person at an event, a training, um, or even just a coffee shop to get to know each other. And I love that you brought that up because it can so often be intimidating to do that, um, again, for somebody perhaps early in their career. Uh, can you say more about that? Just, in, you know, since you are one of these thought leaders out there now that uh, people might really want to connect with, I'm, I'm sure you do get those kind of requests, but what would you say in terms of just, uh, you know, how to go about doing that and, and what would make you on the receiving end, um, you know, really open to having that kind of conversation and kind of meeting with, uh, with a new person? Oh, I, I, that's my favorite thing to learn somebody else's new story. Uh, but one thing I'll say is, the last, um, I guess, last memory that I have in doing that is when I had a career development uh, presentation. And after the presentation, one of the engineers comes up to me and says, I need to know how to do that. Um, I need to know how to network, you know, to help grow my career. And basically just the ask, right? You, you, you have a conversation with somebody and you see that little light, okay, that person could help me with this, or they could help somebody else with this. Um, and make that, once you get that feeling, make that priority and, and, and ask them, would you mind helping me with this, or do you mind connecting me with this person? I think with too many times we just assume people know what we want, um, but when we actually ask them the question, uh, then they're, they're open to help us. And a lot of people, especially in our industry, uh, are, are so open to mentoring and training and teaching um, the next generation, which I found out, um, you know, just by being active in these associations and organizations. You know, all you have to do is step up and they will support you. Um, you have to make that first, you know, take the first step, and then they'll, they'll be right there behind you to support you. Uh, I guess that's the best example I have. Uh, but as far as me being uh, a mentor, uh, as far as me being a mentor, I love to meet someone first, have that conversation, get to know them on a personal level because in order for that to work, each person has to trust each other. And so I think that's the part that you forget when you're trying to set up mentors is that, you know, they have to like each other, they have to trust each other, and they have to be putting the other person first in a lot of settings and being their cheerleader. And, and a lot of times it needs to be somebody that you really do like and, and appreciate and respect. Um, those are the best mentors out there. 
Right, and a lot of times I, I say that, you know, the most important competency we can have in life and work is just that courage. Sometimes it's just that courage to step up and ask. Um, and then, uh, you know, as you say, just uh, it, it's amazing how generous people can be. But sometimes that can be intimidating up front. And so, uh, so I love that you, you shared about that, just to, just to step up and make the ask. That, that's uh, and if that's it perfect. Is, if it is uncomfortable to – if it's not natural for you to go up and talk to a stranger, yeah, for me it comes natural. So I, I recognize the fact that there is a lot of anxiety to do that. So take someone you know, right? If you're in your company and you need to meet someone else along the way, maybe you, you talk to someone you really do know and ask them if they would make the introduction. Uh, a lot of times I'm intimidated for someone who I, I respect in a great deal. I'm almost speechless when I uh, – they're a superstar to me, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm almost – intimidated by that star factor Um, and so I just asked someone that's close to me would you mind introducing me and that does take the edge off but you have to be willing we can't drive the ship for you right we can just help support you you have to step up for your career Um, and I think that in manufacturing uh, in general uh, us us ladies are trying to step up to bring in more women uh, because we need that support we need that who do we go to? Who do we turn to? And it's easier sometimes to lean over to your woman role model and say, what would you do? Because uh, you feel more comfortable. Uh, and that just depends on your personality. Absolutely. And we used to say back in the day, a couple decades ago when I started off in this field, that six degrees of separation, right? And now, of course, with all the digital connections that we have, it's more like 2.6. So, again, right. to your point, you don't have to do it all yourself, right? You can answer those connections, and it's just amazing how, um, you know, the riches that you can find from doing that. But I, I love that image of being at the helm of your own career, right, and, um, and stepping up and making, making the ask for the connection. Um, well, well, even on another lady, front, uh, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. God, you, might, you might want to start that again. Sorry, I was interrupting. Well, I was going to say on another uh, note, with the women in manufacturing, I really didn't know that this existed. I went to a conference and I saw all of these ladies in the room standing up on the on the um, presenting. I saw all these ladies presenting uh, at women in manufacturing conference, and it was amazing to me. First of all, they weren't, you know, they they knew their subject, right? They were educating the rest of the room, and some people may not know what goes on in a woman in manufacturing meeting, but basically it's teaching and learning from a woman on the stage. And that we know what the challenges are. Uh, We know what we've been there. And and that just came across so profound to me that a woman can be on the stage presenting her knowledge at any topic. You just name a topic and then the woman stood up and talked about it from engineering to manufacturing to educators um, to, you know, the millwrights there that I met. It was amazing to see all of those women in one place working towards the mission. Uh, and the mission was, you know, to make better manufacturing. And that, that was to make our lives better, um, in our work environments better. That's what the voice was about. And so I think that sometimes people are like, what are they talking about? Well, we're talking about getting work done <laughs> and doing it more efficiently. And it was amazing. Yeah, that's fabulous. That's exactly why we need our voices heard and we need more women to know that, right? And to be able to have that kind of inspirational experience as you did. And, uh, and the producers of this women in manufacturing show 
that's exactly what they had done for years, go to live conferences uh, with women and for women in manufacturing and got inspired to recognize that there was no online forum, um, radio podcast type forum for women to do exactly that. And hence, here we are today, Charlie. Yes, and I think that is amazing. And back to changing the image of manufacturing, you're doing that every day with this uh, with this show. Um, I'm just, gr- I really am just glad to be a part of it, to be able to share that message out to these uh, other women who don't know it exists, for one. Uh, hopefully, they'll stumble upon it through Twitter uh, and just, you know, embrace it and say, okay, how can I get involved? Um, I didn't, I didn't know about manufacturing talk radio before. Uh, the women in manufacturing connected us, and it's exactly what I love about about this industry. It is, uh, hey, manufacturing is important. Look at all these people that are in it, and it's great. So uh, thank you for all the things that you're doing. Absolutely. Well, you're right, and, and I'm just thrilled. We're all thrilled here that the word is getting out so strongly when the show is barely two months old. So clearly there's a thirst wow. and a need for it. So it's, it's thrilling to be able to fill that gap. And speaking of women uh, stepping up to partner together with each other and with men to solve industry challenges, based on your, again, your, your unique perspective in the industry, what would you say are some of the challenges that are top of mind for you and the clients and organizations that you work with? So I think one of the challenges uh, on the women's aspect is that we don't, we don't hold our hand up enough. Uh, we don't stay true to our mission enough. We can be um, maybe not as strong in that section in that setting that's being as that being a challenge that we don't raise our voice loud enough um when we really are passionate about something um so i think we have to have people that support us in order to make us stronger to be able to do that so women supporting women is uh, very important to me and i've seen that in action basically shining a light on several women uh, in the industry and watching them grow and be stronger just because they have someone backing them up. Um, As far as working with men, I I haven't ever had a problem in that arena. Um, As far as having my, my, um, my, my opinions heard because I'm going to give them, but I have been shut down in a meeting before uh, and just kind of dismissed with a, with one of my opinions. Um, and so you have a chance to react to that. You either let it go and be quiet, or you say, you know, that this is important. Hey, guys, this is important, right, and, and bring it up again. So you have to have somebody in the room strong enough to back you that you feel the need or feel the, that you can speak up on that term. So, again, it's back to confidence and knowing what to say, um, educating people um, and this is not just women that, that are quiet. It, it goes from age. It goes from, you know, lack of expertise. Um, but surrounding yourself with mentors and a strong network and knowing that you can find the answer if you don't have it, those are the things that have helped me grow in my career. Uh, and I would just say, you know, if you need a mentor, you know, if you don't have one in there and you just need someone to talk to, I'm available for that. And I have many friends in the industry that would help you uh, as well. But the challenge is, I think, a lot of the time we place on ourselves. Uh, I do know well, that. 
Yeah, I was going to say that's a very generous offer to have people reach out directly to you. And, of course, your contact information is going to be shared along with this, uh, with this interview. And, you know, an, another perspective on that that I, uh, I, I think it's important to keep in mind is the whole idea of assuming positive intent that in those kind of situations I've seen many times over my career that, again, sometimes the intent is, is not that great when you get cut off or shut down or your voice isn't, you know, allowed to be heard. And then at other times it's that, um, you know, people don't know what they don't know, right? And their intent might be positive in another way to move the meeting forward and their impact is not so positive. And so I always think that it's an opportunity for us to educate, right, for us to educate. That's a great um, uh, Exactly, right. And so that's another reverse mentoring opportunity potentially um, to share that perspective and just to shine the light on some behavior that is standing in the way of enabling the best and the brightest contributions to come forward, um, regardless of the gender or the age or any other background characteristic for who's sharing it. Um, and that's I think that's one of point. the best. Yeah, yeah. And well, I just think that uh, just building on the point that you were making, that that's one of the best opportunities for a mentoring relationship is to, you know, share those kind of experiences and then share, you know, when they happen, uh, what can we do next? I always like to say that we all make messes, <laughs> right? Um, and, uh, and how can we go about cleaning them up? So, uh, to, so for you to share that, you know, you've been there on the receiving end of that and, and how you've thought about it, what you've done about it, how you've educated and empowered other people um, uh, in that situation, I think that that's, uh, that's just, you know, one specific, very important and very common example of how, um, you know, a, a mentoring relation can, relationship can really help and how women can support other women. I'll, ask, I'll also add that one thing is you get that deer in the headlights look from people and you think that they're judging you and they really just don't even know what you're talking about. It's so foreign to them on, on this topic. I mean, especially like I was one of the first in our industry to do social media and they are like, what in the world is she talking about here? And they just don't know. <laughs> But what you observe mm -hmm. is like these people want you to shut up, and like what what is it that she's you know okay we're done with you now, but it's really that they just don't understand uh, they are not ingrained in whatever it is that that presentation is about. They don't do that every day, so they're trying to absorb it at the same time as you're as you're sending it out. So I just you know a little Charlie hint here was you know just know that you are presenting something of value uh, and then they'll eventually you'll see the light bulbs go off so it's not about whether or not they actually um, want you to be talking or not it's more like they need your help to understand what you're you have to deliver it in a certain way uh, i worked with a, a room full of engineers and i talk in circles and they need me to talk in a straight line and so I have to adapt the way that I present that information to the crowd that I'm talking to. And I think that is something I've learned by doing, again, uh, failing a couple of times uh, to, from talking in that circle to, okay, this is the process, and these are the things I need you to do in, in an orderly fashion. Um, and that, I guess, is a, is a tough one for me. I totally hear you. It's so funny, Charlie, because you're bringing me back to my early career. I wasn't working in manufacturing trying to teach folks about digital, which barely existed then, but I was there trying to help them uh, kind of change how they work together in order to survive, you know, do more with lean manufacturing or self-managed teams or total quality uh, to compete in a very challenging uh, economic climate. 
And to your point, I experienced the same thing. People would look at me sometimes like I had two heads. <laughs> and, and I would joke that not just what I was saying was, we used to say in the day, a paradigm shift for people, but also that the message was coming from a woman and a young woman's that, right? Um, so I love what you're saying. I had the same learning that, uh, that I needed to adapt my communication style and kind of how I delivered the message and kind of speak in their language in order for them to even be able to hear me. So, um, right. So I think that a joke does help, right? A joke or, you know, being truthful (laughs) to yourself, like just, okay, y'all don't, y'all aren't getting what I'm saying, right? Like just being that, uh, truthful really does make a difference, um, when you're presenting. Uh, that's not, that's my favorite I guess part about presenting to a smaller group, you can be more yourself and more interactive, uh, joke around a little bit. That does make it a lot easier in those uncomfortable situations. Right. That personal connection to your point, just like we started off that we both have children. I mean, there's always connections, personal connections that you can find with people. And, um, and whenever you can do that, I would always, I would stop introducing myself as an organizational psychologist and start introducing myself as a people engineer. Because, <laughs> again, that's yeah. something that they can relate like to, right? And I could, you know, feel like much more one of them, right? Because it's not us versus them. It's just us trying to achieve a goal. Um, so fabulous. So I know that you also have some interesting thoughts on the topic of knowledge archiving. Um, would you like to share a little bit about that with our audience and how it's relevant to what we're talking about today? Yes, absolutely. Uh, my, one of my goals at Empowering Brands, uh, we have Empowering Pumps uh, as the leading uh, platform, is to actually talk with these pump experts not, and, and get them to write down what they've experienced so we can uh, publish that and make it easy uh, for people to get their hands, uh, you know, it's, diff- it's different to have an article to read versus actually experiencing it and hands-on, but the fact that these people have experienced it and we can talk about it and write it and archive it will give that next generation a little touch of what they learned. They're still going to have to go out there and do the work, but my job um, here is to get those experts who don't necessarily love digital media to sit down and have a conversation with me similar to what you're doing and let's write a write a uh, article about this and let's publish it and let's have it there for years to come. And so a lot of the other tools that we can do as far as videos, um, social media um, to, to, to obtain that information uh, from these knowledge leaders uh, is what I'm trying to do right now. Uh, I think a lot of people are actually doing that um, in their companies, uh, doing training videos. So if they're not face-to-face, we have, this archive of information to direct them to. And I think that's the future. Uh, as far as trainings, I love, I love to go to a live training, uh, but the, we're going to need that information so much faster. And so, so many people as uh, our baby boomers are retiring, thankfully they are willing to be consultants. And so during that consultant time, if we can just gather as much information as we can from them and their experiences and have it available for the next generation. Uh, That's what my goal is. That's fabulous because I know with the brain drain that we're experiencing across all industries, and as you said, the baby boomers retiring and, uh, you know, previously we just relied on tribal knowledge, right? You kind of pass down your, um, your smarts, your tools, your tips, your techniques to, the next person that was hired after you. And now uh, with 
everything you're doing in the digital realm. That's fabulous that we're going to be able to have that to share with people who are coming, um, not just today, but, um, but into the future. That's really, that's an amazing contribution. And, and it's harder now for people to pass that knowledge down because they're so different with the, with technology um, that you you have to speak tech a bit in order to reach this next generation. And so pairing somebody who who you know relied on the books versus who relies on their cell phone together and and uh, making them talk to each other uh, is another thing we need to be focused on is getting those people in the same room willing to learn from each other not this is the way we do it and this is the way we do it but this is the way we're going to do it moving forward uh, so I think that's a big challenge that we have in the industry uh, that we'll continue to have but it's basically about respecting the other person's uh, point of view and what and what they grew up with and and working towards a better tomorrow in that Right, absolutely. And so it's so interesting because I have worked with several industrial clients on setting up mentoring programs, formal mentoring programs, um, individual and group that have um, retiring, um, uh, you know, engineers or craftspeople uh, share their knowledge and mentor younger recruits. And what we found in those programs is that it's really important to your point, not only just to help people understand how to give and receive knowledge and technical skills, but also the interpersonal part of it. Um, you know, the mutual mm-hmm. respect and how different generations perhaps expect to be spoken to each other, a young person, you know, perhaps not coming in and saying, hey, dog, how you doing? <laughs> it might not be the best way to start a relationship and demonstrate exactly. respect to a more senior person, right? And so that's just a kind of a funny example. But um, uh, but I, w- one thing that has just been so palpable to me in, in these um, types of initiatives is the pride that so many retiring people in manufacturing feel about the work that they've done in their career and their trade or their field in their organization and just how much they consider it a legacy issue to, um, to share this information um, as they move on to what's next for them. So I was wondering if you could say anything on that front in terms of how can new entrants to the workforce really um, – uh, you know, go about trying to build that relationship and, you know, get the most that they can to start themselves off successfully, but also to um, kind of build that relationship uh, with, the, uh, with, with the person that might be mentoring them or, or moving on. Right. And I, I think there's a lot of the times nice to have a middleman in there. Uh, we talk about the millennials, right, versus um, the Gen X, which is I'm right there. I'm a millennial, which is you know, a lot of people say are lazy and all this other stuff. Um, it's just not true. But mm-hmm. because I'm a hard worker and I understand uh, what the generation before me had to go through, because uh, I'm kind of in between, I'm right on the line. But if you understand both generations, you come into that position with respect, uh, be there on time for one, uh, for any job. Uh, but it shows the level of respect that they need to offer their time. Because basically what you're saying as um, a mentee, you know, looking for someone to help you grow in your career is I need some of your time so you can educate me on all the things that you know that I need to know, <laughs> that I don't even know that I need to know. Uh, so once you, um, you you find that person that you can have that close bond with and you set up the time, 
to, to actually have a session, just be there. Be on. Leave your phone somewhere else and really absorb that knowledge and make sure that you're on with that. Perfect. Well, Charlie, we've had such a free-ranging conversation, and you shared so much of your experience and your wisdom. So, Charlie, we've had a very free-ranging conversation, and you shared a great deal of your wisdom and your advice for our listeners. I'm wondering, as we wrap up our conversation today, if there's an inspiring call to action that you might have for our audience, if there's some uh, piece of advice, if there's some to-do uh, if there's something that you want to leave the audience with that you um, uh, that you have a passion about and you would you would think that it would be uh, valuable to share. Well, yes, I would say get involved. There are so many different organizations out there where you can get involved with manufacturing or or STEM or um, whatever you're passionate about doing. Uh, one of the great tools we have now is Twitter, and I love that uh, it's so easy to be involved, even if you're just sharing someone else's information. Um, Manufacturing Day is really cool. They have their own Twitter account at at MFG Day. And then just follow along and get ready. Get ready to do something on that day. Uh, Also, I think that we need to connect with other organizations that have an actual opinion and are standing for manufacturing. Uh, Another Twitter handle to follow is at ShopFloorNAM. Uh, I just find it fascinating that you can really get involved with one of these organizations and plug in and make a difference in what you're doing every day. So I guess my biggest passion is is people, but in order to help people, we have to be involved and we have to be willing to step up and, and use our gifts in order to make the, the world a better place. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you having as a guest today. Thank you, Barbara. Again, thank you so much, Charlie, for sharing your inspiring story and tangible advice with us today, and moreover, for taking the time to engage in this vital conversation. And thanks to everyone listening for joining this conversation. In addition to Charlie's inspiring call to action, we'll definitely have the the Twitter handles that she suggested uh, uh, available for you at womeninmanufacturing.com. So please continue to stay tuned there and also to engage with us at at Women and MFG. Till next time, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Women and Manufacturing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.